0: 85% of people in traumatic life events turn to drugs alcohol partying to numb the pain 15% actually go inward hire a therapist lean on friends and family and do the work I wanted to
1: ask you a more personal question the in vitro journey Yourself as this very powerful man and what you've done and also being with this very powerful woman How have you been able to navigate that and also care for Dela as she goes through this?
2: Welcome to the Nirvana Mind and Body Podcast, a place for conscious conversations, a place to feel, expand your mind, and learn how to become your fullest self. Hello, hello, welcome back to the Nirvana Mind and Body Podcast. My name is Justin
3: Lovato with my partner in crime, Jake Wan, and our special guest, Sean McDevitt. Uh, I'm excited for this podcast. What's you're, up here? you're a long time friend. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like I was your old partner in crime. <laughs> yes. Well, you were you were definitely I, my old I've partner now night
0: winged and now we got a new Robin. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So
3: thank you for coming on here. Uh, there's so much to dive into. I'm really excited to catch up actually too, because you were one of the biggest reasons why or probably the reason why I came to Texas. I wanted you to move here. Yeah, it was yeah. very intentional. Like when I was trying to figure out where I wanted to be, I checked out three different spots and one was Nashville, Texas and Florida oh i didn't know the other two yeah i mean the reason was you to come through here was a familiar face uh, it was a recruiting trip i felt like like when you would come out i'd like show you around i wanted you to move here for a really long time i felt that
0: yeah and it's been cool to see you mimic what you had like same but different Mm. in venice to here and it only makes sense i think with Mm -hmm. like everybody else in austin right now
3: yeah Mm. yeah very cool well i would love to get this uh kicked right off um How do you know Sean? Because I know that you know Sean.
1: Yeah, uh, I was looking at you from afar for a long time, and I knew that uh, you were married to DeLa, And obviously I went through Next Level Coaching Academy, uh, which is kind of where my whole journey started. I thought I was just getting into that for um, coaching business, but it turned out to be much more than that. And so when I really got introduced to you for the first time was at the NLCA live event. Yes. And you talked about your story and you were actually one of the catalysts. I say a big thing in my journey was speaking my truth. And you were talking about that and you had your parents there. And at that time, it was just it was very, very touching for me. Um, And I felt it. And then I introduced myself to you a little bit at the end. And then I reached out for coaching and uh sean was somebody that helped me kind of what we talked about on the first episode during that transition time you were somebody that really helped me um when i was in my houston apartment navigating life figuring things out that's really how we got introduced to each other for the first time and then just grew the relationship from there
0: i'm grateful to be a small piece in your story which I think is super cool. And yeah, shout out to Chad and LCA I, I hosted, which just you would imagine, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm up there hosting and I also yeah. spoke and my parents lived down the street from the venue. And as an only child who grew up as a competitive swimmer has done stuff. It was literally me cause this was the second iteration. And so the first one, I was just like, I'm doing this thing. My parents have often come to see me do things. And so I was like, you guys want to walk down the street? I'm, I'm going on at this time. And so they came again, Which was cool because afterwards my dad came up to me and he was like wow that second time was way better like way to go you know as far as like trying to improve yeah and so yeah it was this nice little thing that my wife co-owns this company with chad i get to host and speak at it i get my parents there my friends there and then you were nice enough to come up to me at the end and then we started working together and what i love about your story jake is when you came to me you were like i really want to be authentic and i feel this calling but i have so many fucking bills And I have all these things to pay for and I'm in debt and like, how do I do that? And my response to you is like, keep the authenticity and just change the focus on money to the change to focus on impact and value and like how to change people's lives. And let's see what happens. Epic. Yeah. And you've been, you know, fast forward now almost a year. You've been my poster child for people to focus on impact, focus on providing value
1: and then just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Some sound advice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's
3: gangster stuff right there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been an incredible journey to see like the, a year ago where I was at and where, where that journey has gone. I mean, when I, when I started with you, I had 2,000 followers. Roughly. You had like
0: 2,500,
1: I think. And you've also been, again, like
0: I refer to you a lot, just so you know, when I'm working with other people and we were joking about it earlier, right? People are like, Oh, if I don't have a marketer on instagram if i don't have somebody to make my production look slick mm. what am i doing and i'm like do you my boy jake like you just pop on and you would speak your truth providing value and what you were learning to other people and i would say like yeah he went from and it would grow right it would be like he was at 2500 and now he's at quarter of a million he's like yeah 2500 and now he's at 300 thousand. it's just like go 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 which has been fun and it hasn't even been a year yet
1: yeah it's been a, it's been an amazing journey and i appreciate you and i'm grateful for you for you know being a being a catalyst in that
0: yeah, likewise. It's also fun when you hit me up, uh, just the people that we know in this community. Cause Jake texts me, he's like, Hey, can I talk to you about something? I'm like, I got some time, let's hop on the mm-hmm. phone. And the insight that I provided, you were like, It's funny. You said the same thing as Justin and the same thing as our other mutual friend, Sam Gibbs Morris. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Man, if I can be talked about with like th- those two other people, mm-hmm. I'm doing something right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've, yeah. Even outside of the coaching, just navigating life. You've been a huge catalyst in that, and both of you have been huge mentors to to me in my life. As I'm a little bit younger and navigating life, doing Uh, excellent though. Man, I don't even know who I was at age 25. Well, if we're gonna get into
0: ages too, I'd say Justin really mentored me. You know, because he's he's older than I am. We're not gonna throw ages out there. Mm, It's a cool trickle down effect. Yes, 100. Um,
1: Yeah, so it's been it's been it's been an amazing journey, and I appreciate both of you. Mm, It's very cool to be here now all together. It is. Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah.
3: Yeah, that's very cool. I I do have to kind of pinch myself after you and I just smoking weed in Venice to where we are right now. Yeah, I think we were just talking about probably you're my, probably one of my more oldest friends, I would say, 14 years going on back in Venice. Yeah, Santa Monica. Man, I remember some funny times. (laughs) Really, really really funny times. Yes. And you were doing uh, a completely different profession at that time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe walk us through your transition from your old, profession and leading into coaching, life coaching, shamanism, for sure, uh, all the above, like, yeah, how did you make that transition? What inspired it? I will give you the hyperloop
0: slash bullet train answer with the theme of, and this is what I encourage your listeners, you guys have already done it, but finding the theme in your life, that artery, that thread of what have I enjoyed doing my entire life? And then how can I key in on it as I get older to form a career, provide value, make an impact, pay for life, et cetera, Mm. et cetera. So growing up, I realized I really enjoy helping people. I was the person on the playground. I know you have a basketball background who would have the first aid kit for the person who skinned their knee. And then as I got older, especially as a competitive swimmer, the first job that so many swimmers have is a lifeguard and you're literally helping people. And I've been privy. I've been fortunate enough to actually save lives as a lifeguard, which has been cool. Wonderful. And then I, I progressed into a working capacity. I used to work at United Talent Agency in LA, which is one of the top three talent agencies in the world. And how I told myself that I would like that job was I was helping people get work. I was helping actors and actresses like sell themselves, right. And get on TV shows. However, that industry is very stressful. I was starting to get stress. eye twitches stress nosebleeds and I kind of escaped into affiliate marketing through a friend and affiliate marketing is coupons and deals. I'm sure we all have affiliate deals of some way, shape and form. And that's when you and I met Justin Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, and I was slanging coupons and then eventually moved from Los Angeles to Austin to be closer to family, switched to a different affiliate company, kept working with them for a while. And for me moving into the coaching world, a big part of it was my divorce, which I know we'll probably talk about. Justin was a huge help and a huge catalyst for my life. Thank you again for Mm -hmm. supporting me through that dark night of the soul. However, as dark night of the souls, as you and I've talked about Jake often do, that really catapulted me into what I do now. And so I chose to really heal myself. A fun fact over traumatic life events is 85% of people in traumatic life events turn to drugs, alcohol, partying, to numb the pain. 15% actually go inward, hire a therapist, lean on friends and family and do the work. Right. You can probably guess which group comes out on top a little bit more quickly. Mm. So I chose path B, did the work about four or five months later. I'm like, man, I I feel great. And like, I feel like I've transmuted this negative energy through meditation, through mindfulness, through working on myself. And I turned around and I started to teach that. So I started a meditation blog and I was I was doing that sort of in my spare time. And on the course of that journey, and I truly believe I set myself up vibrationally to meet DeLa, my wife now, in the gym. And when we connected, she was a labor and delivery nurse. So we still had, quote unquote, normal jobs. Mm-hmm. However, she was starting to get into her own fitness journey, started to share more about that, really just sharing on Instagram, using it as a blog, so to speak. And then about two years later, actually with and Steph's help. She started to take oh, on right. clients. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Like your and my story is really like intertwined. intertwined quite a bit. And when she said, Hey, I'm taking clients, she had about 35,000, 40,000 followers. And so very quickly it snowballed into, Hey, Sean, can you help me out first as an admin? And then mm-hmm. as, Hey, you have the training piece from being an athlete in college." I can teach you how to do the macros and we can both work together and this would be great. And like, who knows, maybe we'll be able to quit our jobs, right? And then at the end of 2018, we were actually able to do that. Very thoughtful, writing it down on paper, like, can we do this, right? And then really making the jump to entrepreneurship because we didn't want to regret not doing it, right? We didn't want to be a decade down the road, still in our normal jobs, being like, oh man, what if? Versus let's try it and fail and then we can say we did We did it. yeah. However, I'm grateful to say fast forward to now, 2023, we have a rather yeah rather large online fitness nutrition coach company 27 coaches i get to fitness coach i get to do some life coaching
3: and everything in between i love that and uh has it been uh working with your with your partner all these years now well how long has it been now when we just transition? would you say you said 2018
0: yeah 2018 is when we really started working together
3: nice so five years strong now yes yeah wonderful how's that been because i i worked with steph right in a similar way uh, it was always very successful. Lots of fun creating with my partner. Does it feel the same way? It does. It's like a baby before the baby. You get to work on this thing
0: <laughs> yeah. together. It's We've had people reflect to us, Justin, the question of how do you guys do this? You spend like 24 7 together. Yeah. Do you, how do you not get tired of each other? For us, we do agree that we have something special in that, at, you know, and on the weekends when you don't want to hang out with anybody, we still want to hang out with each other. Yeah, yeah. So we had that as a baseline. And then honestly, it's communication and it's ongoing communication and it's over communicating. Literally this weekend, we were having conversations about how do we make this better? And we've gotten to the point now where it's like we share each other's day beforehand. Like, what are you working on today in the business? And then also seeing, hey, you have this thing on Tuesday at this time. Like, can you move that? Is that movable? Because I'm going to need you for something. Or, you know, okay, I, I know you have this schedule, Sean. Like, I know you're gonna be out this time. You're gonna be doing a podcast with good friends. When you get back, can you do da 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 And saying those things versus just expecting the partner to get it. Yeah, And that's been the biggest crux. Communication,
3: correct. Love that. And this is solid advice for everybody that's looking. Yeah. To get it. dropping bombs. Yeah, this is really yeah. good stuff. I love that.
1: I would ask you, has it always been that way? And what has kind of been that journey to get to this point where you guys have this amazing communication now? What has that been like? It's a great question, Jake. I'm gonna I'm gonna just continue to drop bombs and you go guys pick it. it up and hopefully your listeners
0: really appreciate it. To me personally, and this is the tattoo I have, it's perspective. And it's trying to remove your ego. That's why I have the ease turned, because the egos can get away in our perspective, right? Yes, yes. Versus, for instance, let's say you and I, Jake, have a disagreement. I can go balls to the wall with my feels, but I already know my feels. So, can I put them to the side for a second? Be like, Jake, tell me what's up and regulate my emotions and chill the fuck out for a little bit. And then have Jake tell me his perspective. And then I can marry it with mine and be like, oh, he doesn't even know that I've been thinking X, Y, Z. And so we're completely off base. And it's like, oh, like you didn't know that, right? Mm-hmm. And so what I really appreciate about Dayla is she's a very calm individual. She is thoughtful. And so if I can get to questions and if I can stow my ego in certain instances, and and same thing with her and just understand where the other person's coming from, then we can get to it a little bit quicker. However, I would say I'm very grateful to have a partner who is not prone to tantrums, is not really prone to being overly emotional. If if anything, she's going to go cry for like a couple minutes and come back but she thankfully is not the person to grab the keys and run out yeah she's not the person saying like well maybe we should end that you know maybe we're not supposed to be together like we've really
3: committed to each other and it's how can we get through this and that's what's helped us that's huge the commitment to each other i think that's a powerful statement that a lot of people don't even have that awareness to fully commit well not having no backing out exactly not having an out yeah
0: because it's like either you know and and there is that Speaking personally, because I don't want to be a hypocrite, like I, I went through a divorce, I'm very grateful that I went through it. However, if people two people are, are getting a little bit older, they're a little bit more mature, they come together. If you I think if you agree, we're either going to work on this, and it's going to be great. Or we're going to have a miserable existence for years, if not decades. Mm. So then let's work on it and see what we can do. And thankfully, we live in an age that therapy and couples counseling is a little bit cooler than it used to be. Yeah, There's help there. There's, a little, there's more tools, like you and I were talking about, Justin, before hitting record, like different readings, different words you can use, things like yes. that. Yeah. Powerful.
3: I love that. You, uh, you also uh, wrote a book. I did. You want to tell us about that it's called hack your health it's available on amazon <laughs> 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 little plug yeah. yeah well you've got a lot of things going on i love that you're coaching life coaching shamaning as well um what is your plant medicine uh, of choice of du jour uh so i was thinking about this on the ride over
0: one i'm a, I'm a huge fan of marijuana mm. i would say the intelligent use of marijuana mm. because a mutual friend that we have david Nomberg, he would say is it medicine or is it a drug right
3: and Agreed. i think
0: that's a good differentiator the other one is mushrooms, uh, psilocybin, psychedelics have been positively influential in my life. The thing I was thinking about writing over is a lot of people are like, oh, plant medicines, like eye roll, that's new age. It's like, where do you think we got penicillin from? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, we've been having, we've, we've been it's on plant time. medicines. Yeah. Yeah. But it was mushrooms and and you too. You know, you were part a catalyst because I really didn't know what I was doing yeah. when I was younger. And you were helpful in that regard. Mm-hmm. Mushrooms have not only calmed down my proverbial shit and showed me like, Hey, everything's going to be okay. You know, you're taking life a little too seriously and calm down. Um, it's also allowed me to tap into what I consider my higher power. Yes. And it's really reinforced meditation and some of the other practices I have, Mm. uh, very fortunate. We know a friend who facilitates bufo ceremonies as well, which has been hugely transformational Mm. for my life. So those have been fantastic. I don't talk about them in my book, Hack Your Health. It's more mainstream, a little bit more mainstream, Mm. but I think if I write other books about happiness, I will include that because it has been so beneficial for me and a host of others with a lot of the science coming out.
1: Hmm. How has the plant medicine from where you've come from in LA, being in a very different environment, going and playing or swimming, correct? Right. Yeah, at the D1 level, like I went through a very similar journey of being in a different place going and playing a division one sport how has plant medicine helped you come from where you are and go through some traumatic experiences and having this identity shift how has it helped you go from where you were then to the man that you have become now
0: when i was swimming growing up jake i was very straight laced i would look at people who even smoked weed as and be like oh i don't do that which there was a way to see it growing up in Los Angeles swimming because you'd see teammates or competitors hacking up a lung and someone would be like, Oh, I know they smoke hell of weed. Mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, I don't want to compromise my lungs. Like, I need that for swimming, so I'm not gonna do that. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the University of Georgia and we're getting drug tested randomly. And they'll and because we're not, we're a non-revenue generating sport and we have to abide by Title IX rules, they were always looking for ways to get kick guys off. Mm-hmm. So for instance, when I started at University of Georgia, there were uh, nine of us, four of us graduated from that class. So five people either couldn't make the grades, got arrested, got kicked off the team, whatever it was. However, we could kind of smoke on the off season. And I had a really good friend in LA who was actually a drug dealer in my high school, went home for a summer and he was like, hey man, and I'm like, I'm not getting drug tested. Like I'm 19, I'm 20, I think I can handle this. It still was not at the everyday level, but it was like, oh wow. This isn't as bad as people say, I'm not like buying it from some weirdo in, in an alleyway. Like literally my friend has it in a prescription pill Mm -hmm. bottle type of thing, which is a lot of what the dispensaries medical places had early on. And it wasn't until I went to the university of Oregon for grad school, right after college swimming, where I was like, I'm done. I've been competitive swimming since I was seven. Like I'm just going to party and Oregon being on the West coast, there was way more of that. And so that really opened the door for me trying different things. And then it was kind of just experimenting. And this is me on my soapbox for regulation in that if these medicines, quote unquote, were regulated, there'd be less staring at the wall. There'd yeah, be yeah, less yeah. unintelligent ways of doing it. Yeah. And there'd be more like, this is how to actually have a very intentional and impactful yes. trip. Unfortunately, when I first started these medicines, Jake, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And friends around me were like, it's just cool, man. you know. And so I had to go <laughs> read books. I had to watch YouTube videos. I had to do the research for myself. Thankfully that I did that. And then now I really enjoy either one-on-one or just texting friends and people messaging me and being like, what would you suggest? I, I really
3: enjoy helping people have a really good first experience. That was pretty much in my first experiences with weed when I first met you, because I started no. even later. Yeah, I didn't even start smoking weed till like age 28, 29. And so remember that one time you had a party at your house and I like randomly, like yo, I'll I'll meet you down there. It was like uh, I wasn't even gonna I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> this always. is a good story. <laughs> um, yeah, like I didn't I was uh, I didn't do any drugs. Uh, I was so like just into bodybuilding, into sports. Um, I had a, a negative perspective on it in all the ways. And uh, when I finally started getting into weed, I think it was maybe the first, maybe five or six time, six times that I smoked was That's at wild. your place. Yeah. And I had is, been 28, 29 years old. This is also coming from a person like my ex-wife would like go to sleep and Justin
0: would come over and he'd literally throw me an ounce oh, of right. weed. He'd like park his truck and be like, hey, what's up, bro? And th- I'm like, dude, we're on the street. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I'm shocked. I didn't think I knew that. About yeah,
3: it. yeah. I had the weed, but it was still very new. Mm. Yeah. And I remember I remember the, the, the man I got so high one time at your house. Uh, you had a, a group of people over and people were just passing around a pipe. And for whatever reason, I must've got like a nugget that like caught and like, you know, sometimes that really can hit you and just blast you off. And I remember sitting there and I kept getting higher and higher and higher and everybody was gonna be leaving Sean's house and heading down to the beach or something. I hit up something, really wonderful evening. And uh, I got so high, I was like, yo, I need to fucking leave. Like, how do I leave? Like, this is the first time. And I remember that I was so like, I was like lost within myself. I was like, hey man, I'll meet you down there. I didn't want anybody to know how high I fucking was me trying to get home was comical I, I it took me forever to get home even like to, to like i did drive unfortunately but i was like just trying to get home uh i remember parallel parking was it felt like <laughs> i was doing that for 45 minutes in, in front of my house in venice and i remember when i finally got to my door all that anxiety started to melt away because i was home safe but man i was like that was one of the highest times i've ever ever been Also, just to put some, put some rails
0: on this, you lived like a five minute walk (laughs) away. So it wasn't like driving driving really, really far. I don't remember you saying goodbye. I remember texting you later being like, you know, we got to the bar or whatever it was. And I'm like, where's Justin? I texting him. And and you were like hours later, like, I'm sorry, bro. I I can't, I can't be there right now.
3: That was one of the highest times I can, I can remember. And it was just off a little pipe. But like, I'm grateful to be a part of that. Yeah, That's, man. No, it was, I, I was, I was dying once I got home. I was so high. I was so high. I think I was even like in the rocking phase. I was like, man, like this shit got me good. But yeah, weed's been uh, weed's been amazing for me personally as well. It allows me to be more empathetic. Um, it also allows me to philosophize on, on life and the universe and all that kind of fun stuff in such a fun way. Some of my best thinking, I think, is done with marijuana in the shower, doing yoga, connecting to my person. I think one of the biggest ways I personally use weed is to connect with my person, either doing yoga or training. And I was always into smoking and training back in Venice, the light and lift Mm -hmm. hashtag. But um, (laughs) yeah, it was always a wonderful tool for me to connect more with my person. Totally. In all those ways. Yeah,
0: for me, it was disconnecting from the stress and the bullshit. Mm. Like I would come home and, and... through, through therapy, I've learned about why I'm a little anxious at night and I would lean on weed. However, once I got high, it was almost like I could separate. And I'm, for those listening, I'm kind of like motioning with my hands. It was like it came outside of me. Mm. And all of a sudden when I was high, I could look at it and be like, oh, that was stressful or like that was shitty, but I'm good. I'm, I'm fine. So like now that I've removed it from myself and separated it from me, how can I pick this apart? How can I be strategic with how to fix it? how can I heal this part so I can sort of bring it back together? That said, I don't want to be dependent on it. And yeah. that's like a journey I've been on recently. You and I were talking just yeah, before hitting yeah. record. We've both pulled back a ton. Yeah. I've changed. I really just use a vape now for sort of like the health aspects that I understand. Yeah. And then with on the precipice of having kids, I imagine I don't want to be high all the
3: time. Yeah. And so being okay with that yeah that was a big the last few months have been a big shift for me because i'm i'm uh, trying to learn more and if i was i would do a day of learning and then if i were to smoke in the evening i would completely lose all the information so the short-term memory thing for me it was very real like if i was smoking daily a lot of the stuff and also lack of awareness it did really contribute to a lot of my lack of awareness for sure so i've been enjoying uh, pulling back on it significantly and then when I do uh, have it, it's usually, again, like right before bed, before yoga or something like that, some powerful intentions. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really nice um, adjustment, I would definitely say. I think we can always get caught up in, like, losing the balance in many ways. I remember there would be times where it would be, like, midday and I'd be having a conversation with Steph back in Venice, and then I'm, like, grabbing a joint and lighting, and I don't even know that I was doing it. Like saying you know, I'm, like, smoking a joint in my kitchen, and I'm, like, fuck I didn't even mean how to smoke did this had this, this happen and then I was like now I'm high in the middle of the fucking day and next thing I know I'm like not being as productive being a little bit more lazy more on my phone like behaviors can kind of get away from you um so yeah it's been really nice finding that balance having powerful intentions with this plant medicine and you hit it
0: I think the intentions because if we talk about psychedelics I mean that's so huge yeah right and there is a small school of researchers who consider marijuana to it be is. a psychedelic yeah. And so if we treat it the same way, I mean, even even alcohol, like yeah. I, I know I don't think any of us in this room are big drinkers. Yeah, I don't drink. yeah. However, when it's like Thanksgiving and Christmas with my family and because I'm very grateful we have a huge family between my wife and I and everybody lives here in Austin. So, dude, it's like 20 people and at, mm. at festivities at holidays, which is which is dope and inevitably you know they're they're not smoking weed they're cool with me if i'm like hey you know can i go outside and there's a couple people who come with me but for the most part it's breaking out this really nice bottle of wine Mm. and it's like it's thanksgiving Mm. and i'm like hell yeah like i'm gonna enjoy this right now but am i drinking on a random tuesday probably not
1: Mm. yeah it's that intention behind it is so critical on why we are using it and so many people are just aimlessly using it to numb and I know that that's even something that I've experienced myself after I went and did my ayahuasca ceremonies coming back into the real world was extremely hard and stressful. And I, um, I abused like, uh, I used that probably every day, one to two Mm -hmm. times per day to ground myself and come back to that place where I was when, I was on these psychedelics and getting all these answers. And then I come back into the stress of everyday life. And it's, it's very overwhelming. And so, and and that's important. A lot of people don't talk about that integration, right? Yeah. Sorry to cut you off. Go on. No, no, no. Yeah. The integration is, is, is so critical. And I don't think that's something that we talk about enough. Mm. And I know that marijuana is something used a lot um and uh, something like ayahuasca has become a lot more commercialized and people don't talk about the the integration afterwards but i know that for me for two i'm, I'm still integrating and this happened in october and for two months afterwards it was i mean it it fucked up my life mm. for for a while um from where i felt like i was a really in a really good place and Those two months afterwards was just feeling and navigating this life. And yeah, we don't we don't discuss that and a lot. And I was with people from all over the world when I went and did it and they live even more stressful lives. And they're in their nine to fives. And then they go and they take this immensely, immensely, immensely powerful medicine. And it shoots them off into this different realm. And then yeah. they have to come back to the real world and go to work on Monday. Yeah. 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 Like yeah, I'm going to do ayahuasca on Saturday and come back to work on Monday. Yeah, they don't like, go to a monastery it... <laughs> and like sit in a cave and integrate and have people yeah. around them. You're
0: right. It's a, it's a much different. Mm. So what's one thing you've done that you've found really
1: helped you with the integration? Being very diligent about my daily practices and how I use those so for instance rape i've this past two or last weekend or two weekends ago i was in Tulum and i met this amazing woman who was a medicine woman and she went through the whole like actual rape ceremony with me like setting intentions and um getting very present with yourself what do you want to let go of and what do you want to step into mm. with this medicine, and that's not something that I was doing before. It was just like, I need to get grounded. I'm going to shoot this up my nose and become grounded in that. And in, it, it's using these these medicines in a way for when I feel, when I go into the my heart space. And it's like, this feels in alignment with me at this moment. And yeah. something like breath work has allowed me to get back into that alignment um, and so, yeah, just have being diligent about those daily practices has really allowed me to, to integrate afterwards. Nice. Yeah. It's not the easy answer is
0: what I'm hearing you say, because mm-hmm. I feel that way with weed too, right? Anxious day. I'm like, Oh, I just want to smoke my brains out cause I know it'll fix it. Yes. But there's this little voice in my head that's like, you could just meditate, bro. Yeah. Like you mm-hmm. could meditate, meditate and like a read a little bit and mm-hmm. maybe go for a walk with your yeah. dog. those are the harder things right
3: that's going to take
1: 45 minutes gratification
3: versus delayed gratification yeah yeah
1: Yeah, i definitely and i agree with you completely on that is the the thing that i've really noticed is when i use it very intentionally it allows me to ground myself and get into that meditative state but i was using it to get into the med like using rape before to get into the meditative state but i wasn't Getting nearly to the place that I am now mm. by just meditating like i'm I'm able to see where it's beneficial and where it's not and feel into it more. That's what these plant medicines have have really taught me, and I don't think it's something that we talk about enough, yeah that's true is like rape is a super uh, spiritual thing, but it can be abused. marijuana anything, yeah. when it's used intentionally can provide immense benefits and make you more conscious and more aware but it can be abused um yeah we see that with a lot of medicine still i mean even
3: it really does come down to intentions i even see people that want to microdose on mushrooms without making any behavioral changes in their everyday lives or even doing a ceremony once a month I, i know people that do a ceremony literally once a month or once every few months like these deep deep ayahuasca ceremonies and i'm like when are you going to start integrating right your learnings and your teachings it shows you but now you have to make powerful change you have to put in the work And a quick uh, touch on marijuana that I did want to express is that it is a plant medicine. And I think it's really important, just like all uh, plant medicines, is where we get our plant medicine from. And I think, including myself for a long time, the convenience of Medman, the convenience of these local shops in Venice, I didn't even think about that in many ways. And I think uh, the, the way the weed is created now, made now, with these large corporations and what they're spraying on it, their intentions, with the medicine. That's why it's so important when you, when you work with Aya, when you work with mushrooms, it has to be ceremonial grade. It has to come from loving intentions from the heart. And that's the same thing with marijuana. And so that's one of the big things that I made this, just this year alone. I was like, man, I'm smoking just any random weed (laughs) or like, you know, I'll like hit up this dude. I'm like, Hey man. I'm like, wait, I don't even know what were the intentions behind making this weed. So uh, moving forward moving forward I, I only work with ceremonial grade weed um, I know the person who makes it I know the love that went into it like I could hear it in his voice when he talks about it mm-hmm. and it's like oh this is this is good this is good energy coming into my body it's good guidance it's actually good medicine and so uh, that I highly recommend like really pay attention to where you source your plant medicine from this stuff is really sacred uh, loving energy um is very powerful isn't that some psychedelic shit
0: i always tell people who are new to it i'm like you know how you go on a bender and you wake up hungover and you want like the greasiest the dirtiest yeah. the, like most bullshit food like yeah and i'm like you do psychedelics the next day you're like can i meet the chicken that's laying this egg yeah. like are they are they yeah. back there you <laughs> so know true yeah, yeah. A so, way to see it all of a sudden you get a little bit more intentional with it this is also a soapbox i get on as far as regulation with weed because i was out in la mm-hmm. a few weeks ago in el segundo and went to like the closest dispensary next to LAX. And my ass is going in like, I'm gonna find like the 18% hybrid, right. the perfect one that I want. And I'm like, hello, sir. Do you have any hybrids that are in the teens? And he's like, he points to this board. The lowest is 27% THC. Wild, Yeah. And I'm like, thankfully I know what's up, but if I'm a weed tourist and I walk in and I'm like, hey bro, can I get a joint? <laughs> They'd be like, I'm gonna be lit up, I'm gonna be on the moon, yeah, you know? Yeah. And then the person who is the weed tourist and doesn't know, they're gonna have probably a negative association for With sure. weed. Right. A yeah,
3: bad experience for sure. Or just too much. They'll be high all day long, probably nauseous. Totally. Yeah, not very good. I noticed
0: a change in me because I I've been, like you, Justin, mm-hmm. like very sort of curating my experience. Mm-hmm. And I've been targeting. I used to do the sativas, you know, light me up 30%. And now I'm pulling way back. It's like mm-hmm. in the teens, it's hybrid. And so out there, I'm having a 27% hybrid, but I'm like, man, this is like a little too much. You yeah, almost like a baby hit. It's just, just a little right. bit. And you're even that, you're like, damn. Like, so that's what happened. I, I was just chiefing
3: like normal, and yeah. I was like, wait a minute, I fucked up <laughs> <laughs> for that reason. That's wild. Yeah, you have to be uh, cautious of the weed nowadays. They are ridiculously strong. So not only are you a coach, uh, a shaman, an author, uh, you are also a podcaster. Yes. And what's the name of your podcast? Because uh, I've been on it. You have been. <laughs> Shots to the Dome. Shots to the Dome
0: podcast. So the, the genesis behind that was uh, taking like a shot that you're going to take to your head, but hopefully it's a knowledge shot. Mm-hmm. It's like a knowledge nugget. Because really it was um, kind of the Tim Ferriss podcast, who is very big into psychedelics and he's part of the community pushing it forward. And I felt like the people he had on the show were amazing, but a little bit too out of touch for the normal listener. Mm. You have somebody who works a nine to five and they're like, how am I supposed to connect with Elon Musk? How am I supposed to connect with novel Ravikant? Like these amazing people, right? Versus if I could have you on the podcast, which I've had you on Jake, if I could have you Justin on the podcast, which I've had you on, then does that person listening, they're like, oh my God, this person's like a sort of uh master of their own universe and yeah. they they know you know I've never heard of them but they have like their own little thing and so now could I have my own little thing so that was the genesis of it it started to move it's it's evolved over we're now <laughs> We're on 154 episodes. Yeah, I saw. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Combining what you and I did together on My Two Cents, shout out to anybody who knows My Two Cents listening. Um, I've probably recorded over like 200, probably 210, 220, somewhere in there. And I joke that now I'm sort of in the dog days of podcasting where I'm like, what do I talk about? Like, what am I doing? However, our team at DLD Nation, the company I own with, DeLa there are so many things that come up like scale anxiety. Mm. And so I'm like, let me record a podcast on how to get this out of your head, which I also go into in my book, but not everybody reads. And so how can I put this in a podcast form that people can easily consume? And then can my coaches share that? We have a reverse dieting one and reverse dieting is so hard for people or they're gaining weight. Their clothes are fitting a little differently. It kind of sucks. Could I create a podcast with a coach that can be shareable? Yes, yeah, and yeah. so the podcast now has kind of evolved. I still have guests on, but it's evolved into very pointed, like, this is what I want to talk about, guest. It's not just like your story or whatever. It's this topic that I think is going to help us and this problem that could be solved by this podcast. They find you on Spotify? Spotify and iTunes, Apple Podcasts, everywhere podcasts are, are I love played. It. I, love it.
3: I did, uh, I wanted to ask you a more uh, personal question. And I know it's something you've been uh,
2: going through with your wife, the, mm-hmm. the in vitro journey. We'll be right back to the show. But first, I wanted to ask you a question. What does community mean to you? As you probably know, you're the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. And this can either elevate your life to unmeasurable levels, or depending on your core five, perhaps even drag you down. At Nirvana Mind & Body, we know that the people who listen to this podcast and engage with our content are the ones that aren't trying to live a low-level existence. You're somebody who's looking to get the most out of life, achieve your highest potential, Forge a deeper connection and relationship with yourself and the loved ones around you. Release the mental anchors that are holding you back from thriving and continue to grow as a person within a community of like-minded individuals. Knowing this, we've taken the time to curate a community exactly of the people that you're looking to surround yourself with in Nirvana Nation. Nirvana Nation is an exclusive community membership that gives you access to live Q and A's each month from our mentors, two live virtual breathwork sessions, discounts on our digital products, and access to our private community of individuals that are communicating every day on how to make each day their best day. How often are your friends asking questions like the one that was just asked in the group this morning where somebody asked, what are some of the things that you guys do to replace old habits and create new neural pathways? Or for example, another one from a girl yesterday who posted a coffee product that came from a regenerative farm. So from posts like this to even the book club, these are just some of the things that are waiting for you in our health-focused community. So come join Nirvana Nation today for only $18 a month and begin taking the first steps to see what it's like to truly live a limitless life. So check out the link in the podcast notes. And now let's get back to the show.
3: I wanted to ask you a more uh, personal question. And I know it's something you've been uh, going through with your wife, the the in vitro journey. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. I would love to hear more about uh, this process, um, the ups, the downs of all of this and where you guys are at now. Thank you for asking, I appreciate it. Shout out to the IVF community. We've learned so
0: much through the journey, which is, it's a microcosm IVF of life. And I think it's very it's like a a very fast train to learn a lot about life and just kind of like going with the flow, being open to the journey. So Dayla and I try to start having kids. It's not working after like three or four months. We're doing, we're lining it up, we're hitting the window, the whole deal. Mm-hmm. So then we both get tested and we both go to a fraternity clinic, a fertility clinic, not fraternity clinic. That'd be fun. That'd yeah. <laughs> be fun. Yeah, fraternity yeah, clinic for fun. IVF. Yeah, get right. in there, bro. Get in there. <laughs> chug, chug, yeah. Yeah. Take these pills. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we go to a clinic and they do some tests on me. They do some tests on Dayla. They find out that my sperm isn't the greatest. What's funny is I had a vasectomy with my previous partner. And so the first started with, also, for anyone listening who does not want to have kids, you're with a partner, you're like, that's not for me, or we're done having kids, highly recommend the vasectomy. It's like a 30-minute procedure. The doctor literally does it before he goes to lunch. It's a two days with an ice pack or peas on your nuts, and then you can kind of go back to your life. You Mm -hmm. can lift. You can do stuff. It's, It's fine. Going the other way, vasectomy reversal, I do not recommend for my worst enemies. That I didn't I didn't leave the apartment for two weeks. I didn't walk Ooh. for two weeks. Ooh. Uh Dayla, when she when she looked <laughs> at them. Said if not for her medical background, she probably would have called the called the uh, the doctor and been like, "Yo, what's going on with this guy's Ooh. nuts?" Yeah, mm. swollen. Right, dude. There was like the elephant man
3: nuts. It was, <laughs> That's amazing.
0: Yeah, Dayla said she wanted to have a before and after. And I'm sorry if anyone listening is squeamish. And I was like, I'm you so should've. grateful we don't have a before and after. No way to I would ask to see those. <laughs> oh God. For
3: sure. Yeah. I'm actually curious. Pull it
1: up on the screen. Yeah. But, pull, it. Show, uh, pull it up, James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah these don't even look like testicles
3: <laughs> It's amazing uh
0: what's funny though is i did have spoiler alert two more nut surgeries and the, vas- the vasectomy reversal really made me gave me this interesting perspective where mm. after that i was like oh these are nothing like i'm going to come back from this so vasectomy reversal and then i go through some of the tests and they're like well the reversal worked but like the sperm that's coming out isn't the greatest so mm. let's work on that and What's interesting is and I, I beefed with them and like internally on this was they're asking me all these questions and one of them was you know do you do any drugs and I was like yeah I smoke marijuana in the evenings you know and they were like oh that's it you know they're almost like you fucking stoner you know mm. so I took three or four months off and over that time period my levels actually went down things actually got worse and so that's sort of like my journey and then at the same time dala goes in and she has what's called a uterine septum so if you imagine like the uterus like this it's just like this thin hanging down right mm-hmm. uh just like an, a nasal septum and she had to have that removed fun fact it happens to 0.5 percent of women so not wow. even five percent 05 percent of women so she has that surgery thankfully everything works and so now it's like okay she's good to go i'm still working on my stuff and we go into, now that Dayla's ready, what's called a Pisa and a Tisa, and this is getting like super in the weeds with it, but basically they go in and they do a pizza first into your nuts and they take a needle. And if your sperm analysis is good enough, they can just extract it and you're done, right? The next one is called a Tisa, where they literally go into the testicle and they, they like take off, they excise part of the the flesh and that has sperm on it. Hmm. Thankfully, they did two pieces, didn't work, went into my right nut with a TSA and it worked and shout out to my urologist because he was like, let's not go into the other nut and we'll save this guy some recovery time. I think we have enough. And so during that process, when he was inside of me, he was like, and that's funny to say urologist <laughs> inside of me. when he was in there, he afterwards was like, oh, you have male factor infertility. He was like, there's nothing wrong with the plumbing, so to speak. And this is just something that 7% of men on this planet deal with, um, as far as the trajectory of the trends of infertility, a lot of people think in one generation, we might be in a, in a children of men scenario mm-hmm. where people are, have a really hard time having kids. And so Dayla and I joke, it's like taking these two people with fertility issues and bringing them together to try to make a child. Um, and so we did that first round and we only got two embryos, two period. And so we were like, okay, that's great. But in IVF, they always say to have uh, two for every one child you want, just on statistics. So that meant we had to do it again, the egg retrieval from Dayla and the sperm retrieval from me. However, because we had that, that one instance, it's not unlike a fitness journey, right? You learn so much as you're doing it. And so we did the first one and afterwards the fertility docs are like, okay, cool. Dela, you were taking these drugs. Let's try, you know, throttling some of that. Let's give you some new ones and see what happens. Like Sean, let's put you on this drug and see what happens there. And like, thankfully my urologist at that point, we were talking about the weed stuff and he was like, I agree with you. There's research on both sides. So he was nice to be like, let's call it three days a week where you can smoke, try not to get blitzed. We'll call it good type of thing. And then we really changed our diet. So Mm -hmm. cut out gluten, cut out dairy, go figure. Had a lot more supplementation i was taking about 39 pills a day and wow. then fast forward three months we did the surgery again uh Dela got maybe like 15 more eggs so like huge improvement she maxed it out she got like the most you could get and then my ass goes into surgery i wake up and the woman's like hey you know uh, how you feeling like oh i'm okay and she's like yeah your, your pizza went really well it was it was great it was a huge success i'm like oh awesome I'm like wait a minute, did you, did you say a pizza? And that was like the first one that they tried. Right. Oh. Which is just like the little needle. And she was like, yeah, they got not only what they needed, but like an additional vial and they didn't need to go into anything else. And so with my perspective on the second reversal, I was like, oh, this is great. Like I was literally up and walking the next day, mm-hmm. like helping DeLa out, doing stuff around our house. Like it was nothing. So then we go into the transfer. So this whole thing is like, you do attempts, attempts, attempts to try to get better and we did a transfer attempt. We both got COVID for the first Damn. time on, on my birthday, which was a mm. fun birthday present that didn't work. We told our fertility clinic. They're like, well, let's not count that one. We'll do another one. That one didn't work. And they're like, well, we typically go for two before we do anything like advanced testing. So they were like, since we're not going to count that first one, let's do what we consider to be the second. That one stuck. We're now 16 weeks pregnant mm. due date in July. Mm. So it's, it's been a journey. What's the timeline on this? In terms of, oh, uh, I got the vasectomy reversal. I first went in to talk to the urologist in late 2019. And then I was actually going to be the next, literally the next surgery in the state of Texas before governor Abbott said, we're not doing elective surgeries anymore. And that was in July of 2020. And so I was going to get surgery on a Monday. I hadn't heard from them. And I called them on a Saturday and they were like, oh shit, we forgot to tell you, like, because the governor said no go, like, we're going to have to reschedule you. So then the governor later in the year is like okay you can do this again so i went in in september mm. and so that's september of 2020 Move back around to 2021 Dale and i trying everything normally naturally didn't work see a fertility clinic like mid 2021 try all that stop smoking weed the end of 21 get back Damn. around to 2022 and then start the transfers and whatnot and then Dale got pregnant in like november of 2022. Mm.
3: that's a journey it is yeah how did you guys like handle the tougher moments? Would you say that you guys um, a lot of tears, it, a lot of tears? I imagine. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. How is how was it with your 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 mental health going through this? Yeah. Like, what was that journey like for both you yeah. and in together in your relationship?
0: For me, it was placeboing myself. And you guys know how powerful the placebo effect yeah. is. You and I have talked about this. Do you know where that came from? Like how we discovered placebo? I know we've done no. like tests and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not, not the root. It was World War One, and the doctors ran out of morphine. Yes, I've actually heard the story. And so yes. it was people that had their limbs cut off and stuff. And the doctors literally turned to the nurses and were like, Bleh. you know, what do we do? And the nurses filled it with saline solution and handed the needles back. And the doctors like, you're going to feel fine. And they did that. And everyone's like, oh my God, my leg's missing. I feel great. Thanks, Doc. Mm, powerful. Right. And we can do that to ourselves. Yes. And so for me, it was trusting the process. It was having a lot of faith that, cause I kept telling Dayla too, I was like, I don't think our story ends with not having kids. Like you guys and others in our lives have been nice to be like, you guys should have kids. You know, if there's anybody you guys should have. So I was like, I don't think our story ends with that. And we have coaching quote unquote in our fertility clinic and in our doctors. Mm-hmm. And so not that the modern medical system is perfect, but they have more knowledge about this stuff than I do. So give me some information, like a fitness coach. Let me trust that process. Let me walk that walk, trust that it's eventually going to work out. Mm -hmm. It was oddly, as I got into it, uh, very calming. I I wasn't as stressed as one would imagine. Um, I can't speak for DeLa. I know we both cried. We both had those moments. But Mm -hmm. for me, it was trusting the process and having faith. Mm. I love that, man. Thank you for sharing. Thank yeah. you for letting me talk about it too. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah,
1: I also had a question on that. um This is something maybe it's kind of interesting that is strange interesting that I have felt from afar um, but Dayla, just from looking from the outside, and I know the the intricacies of your relationship and what she does and what you do, um but she's a very headstrong person and created this huge business uh, from, you know, her social media and things like that. um, And you have your amazing traits of, of yourself, like navigating this situation together. It seems like sometimes, and this is just from an outside perspective that you are like in your feminine saying that in the nicest way possible. No, like what, what has that been like for you both navigating yourself as this very powerful man and what you've done and also being with this very powerful woman, how have you been able to navigate that and also care for Dela as she goes through this? That's a dope question. I appreciate that. Just pump for Jake. (laughs) The
0: first answer is the LeBron and D Wade Miami Heat. For real. Like I felt as though it was D Wade and LeBron coming together. And the first year it didn't work. And the second year, D-Wade was like, it is your team, bro. Like, you go out and make it happen. And when you're having an off night, I got you. And when you're having an on night, I'm going to get you the ball. I'm going to get other people. Like, I'm going to make it work. And they won two straight, right? Mm. So I kind of looked at it in the same way. I was like, oh, I feel as though I'm D-Wade. Like, I already have a ring with Shaq, so to speak. Like, I've been super successful in my life. And now I have my partner, who I love, who I'm seeing this amazing growth with. And yes, it is in terms of masculine, feminine or yin-yang, the ability to see that and i haven't always say that like I, I haven't always seen it i can talk about it now like i have mm-hmm. but it was recognizing like wow this person that i love that i that i mean so much to me is really coming up the curve in this way and so instead of bristling at it and getting pissed and getting more in my masculine like how can i sort of take that step back and let her lead which also like speaking to guys who are listening how often does that happen yeah as a guy where you get to back like I'm, i get to be in the side seat on this one yeah right yeah and so it was recognizing like wow she has this really cool opportunity how can i support her however it hasn't always been easy because you know i don't know I'm, I, you look at me and i seem like a more masculine guy like played sports that whole thing and so there are those moments where i want to lead or i feel like i have a great idea and i have to marry that with dayla who is very much in her masculine however there are those times and i have to be conscious of them in our personal lives where she may back a little bit and like kind of step into her feminine it's like oh cool now i can stand up and it's my turn to lead mm-hmm. and so for me it's been recognizing that we can succeed together that was sort of my d-way lebron thing it's like i'm just trying to win a championship yo yeah. like whatever that is we're on the same team yes exactly yeah. Yeah, and sure. so how can i support you in that and then like when you have an off night i'll, I'll be there and mm-hmm. thankfully we joke that like most of the time it's like this like one of us is high one of us is low and then it switches Very rarely are we both low, which is cool. Yeah, and so it's kind of recognizing that, also trying to get better at masculine, feminine energy. I saw the way of the superior man. Shout out to your your bookshelf over here, and being more cognizant of that, and then being able to sort of play with it. Yeah, shift. Yeah, another book. I don't you you and I might talk about the Cabalion. Yeah, like the Kabbalian. It talks about like gender in yeah. all things. Yeah. And being able to recognize that. Yes, it's in everything. Yes, yes, for sure. And then just kind of flow with
3: it and not fight against it. In, in case people are trying to maybe reference that a little bit, a good example I always use is the cold plunge. So, the cold plunge to get in it, you have to be masculine, strength and courage. But once you get in, you have to surrender the feminine. And so, uh, you can see kind of like where you're unbalanced with the cold plunge. It's a really great tool. Some people really can't get in, it takes them a lot you can see like okay they can maybe step into their masculine a little bit more and there's other people that can get in that but they hop back out right away where you can work on your feminine and surrender a little bit more so that's kind of a cool way to look at how the male and female is is literally in everything to Um, piggyback on that water is so huge like the ocean is such a great analogy
0: mm -hmm. for a lot of this stuff like even if for anyone who doesn't surf you're in the water and you feel like the current going one way and you can fight that or you can go with it go towards the wave go towards the challenge same thing in surfing, right? Like there are moments where you have to charge it and like be in your masculine to catch the wave or to get past it. And there are also moments, especially in a wipeout where it's like, if you fight it, you are screwed. Yes. Yeah. Or if you're caught in a riptide and you try to fight it, you're going to die out there. But if you just let it take you out, if you let what happens going to happen, you be more in that feminine, and you, you'll it. survive. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Hmm. I also think that with you're talking about you're in Dale's business relationship and then Your relationship with creating this child, it seems like you talk about the yin and the yang. You've been more maybe in your masculine kind of taking the lead just from like watching afar on social media or maybe just feeling it. Like you've been in your masculine helping lead her through this situation. And with her being maybe a little bit more her masculine with the business, you guys have had that yin and the yang in both things like it doesn't necessarily you don't have to be in your masculine in the business with her but when it comes to having this child now which is a huge part of life you're able to lead in that so it's cool that you have both dynamics together
0: thanks man yeah
1: Yeah. you're very perceptive
0: too like it's interesting that's coming across from social media because that's how i feel some time in our business i'll stress myself out and then i'm like why am i doing this Mm -hmm. like i can sort of take a step back and chill out and then yeah there are those moments in our fertility journey where I have noticed like, also with understanding Dayla's background, um, like she kind of had a mom, her three siblings. She was also a babysitter, labor and delivery nurse. So like so much of her life has been around being a mother and experiencing that. And so with the challenges that we faced, getting pregnant, it was Allowing her to be that emotional feminine and being the masculine of like hey, it's gonna be okay Or like mm-hmm. let's take you to this or like, let's go do this for you or like hey remember to do this This is a self-care thing and so now that you say that jake, I wasn't even really aware of it But now that you talk about it, it's definitely gone back and forth whether it's our professional or
3: personal lives
1: mm, Yeah, it can it can be both and you can have that balance between one another
3: Well that also just shows the the amount of trust though she has which is the feminine in her at all times as well Knowing that she can trust you to kind of flow back and forth, which is which is it's kind of neat. It's like, yeah, you're in your feminine at times, but it's almost like you're in your masculine as well, because you're creating the safe space.
0: Oh, totally. Right. It's Dude, kind of to your point, Justin, is
3: yeah. reflected back to me. She was
0: like, You are just a presence. Mm, exactly. Like six two, two fifteen, not unlike yeah. you both. Yeah. And you walk into a room and it's like, oh shit. Like yeah. and so she was like, You're you're in safe. your masculine. You're yeah. Safe. Yes. Um, Well, she's like, you can either be that safe or the disruptor. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like we were talking about not getting pissed at your puppy when they shit on your favorite rug, (laughs) like Dayla was, you know, and and it's me being more self-aware of like how I present to people. And so, yeah, Dayla said, you know, you just being there is a masculine presence. And so do you really need to amp that up? Mm -hmm. You know, do you really need to be pissed or or hyper energetic with something versus being
3: calmer? Yeah. Your stoicism is there. Um, one more question i think would be pretty cool um which kind of like we all can relate to is training. Yes. How has it like fulfilled you? How has it helped you? Cuz i remember when we first met um you weren't really weight training as much. I wasn't. You were I was yeah. more cardio. Yeah, more cardio. That's right. And, and uh and seeing how much you've grown uh your strength. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it's really wild. Um talk us through that. How did you because you became, I guess, more so passionate about weight training a little bit later in the game than most people. Um, what inspired you to get into that? What's kept you going in that? What, what, that newfound love in weight training? You got a full gym at your house. We do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like you here. Yeah, yeah. And also, you've experienced winter in Texas. You kind of mm-hmm. have to have a compound. Yeah.
0: Have everything you need. I would love to talk about like just training in general. Yeah. After this. But for me, it was uh, competitive swimming, which is very cardio heavy. And the weightlifting I was doing was specifically for the swimming. Mm. And so it was very much sports specific. Mm. And then when I finished swimming, I went back to what was my first love, quote unquote, which was basketball. And when I was in high school, I made a decision to follow swimming hundred percent Stop playing basketball. So after I finished at University of Georgia, I just picked up recreationally and I had a very fun recreational basketball career. And I got into some really cool games in LA in the early mornings, like for anybody who's an NBA fan, uh, a lot of the agencies will run workouts at St. Monica's High School in Santa Monica. And so they had these like 6 a.m. runs. Mm. And I would drive from Koreatown, where I was living at the time, to play with these guys, like a guy who backed up, Chris Paul at Wake Forest. Like there were a couple of Duke guys. Like there was one time, and I was sort of the, the prototypical white guy I could like hit a three and distribute, right? There was one time where they got a steal and there's two guys coming back and they both went to Duke and they're both like six, nine. And I just stopped at the free throw line. I was like, I don't want any of this smoke. Yeah. You know? And they just threw it up. And I'm like, all right, well, let me take it out and throw it back in. And so I had this like 10 year basketball career. And all of a sudden my lifting shifted to be more of like med ball, like shoulders, legs, just for basketball. Right. However, as I got in my early thirties, I started to notice like my knees started to get hurt more. Like I was literally coming home and icing them every night. Mm-hmm. And There was one point, Justin, where I I would take a walk. I was actually on a vacation with my family in Mexico, and every step, my left knee gave me pain. Hmm. And I'm like, this isn't a good look for early 30s. I don't know if I can keep doing this. And so I knew there was inevitably going to be a switch and a shift to just lifting at some point. And you may have been an example of that, of like, Justin used to play basketball, and he just lifts Mm -hmm. now, you know? And so, uh, yeah, so I shifted 100% into lifting, and that's become my main thing. And it's really cool for me personally, like thinking about it now, like I went in all in on swimming, I became like a D1 athlete, super cool. I went all in on basketball, I've, I've won Austin city championships, like had a ton of fun, right? And then now shifting to bodybuilding, I was able to like get this physique that I'm really proud of. Yeah. For me, kind of segueing into a training piece, I wanna hear from you guys. Every single old person I know has had to deal with some bullshit. And I wanna set myself up for success with dealing with the bullshit. That's one piece of training. The other one is from, <laughs> have you guys seen the new Avatar? And yes. Jake, okay, yeah. so it's the one we've seen. Uh, there's a part where Jake Sully like puts his kid over his shoulder and like starts running, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know, you never know. But I actually have. Uh, do you guys know Chase Tuning? He'd be a cool one to have on the podcast. Okay, yeah, he's a he's like professional podcaster. He tells an amazing story of he was in the military. He was honorably discharged because he had a, a horrible back injury. He got out of the military. He was somewhere with his parents, and his dad fell and he couldn't get up. And because of his back injury, Chase couldn't lift him up. And couldn't get him up and so chase now when he deadlifts because he now deadlifts you know in the 300s or whatever he's like i think of that moment mm-hmm. and like i'm never gonna have that happen to me again where like a family member or someone i love like needs me physically and i can't do it mm-hmm. and so that sticks into me when i'm doing the squats when i'm doing whatever it is in the gym it's like that moment in avatar where like throw the kids on especially thinking about kids like i'm gonna have to carry them at some point and i want to be able to do that yeah for But sure. i'd be curious your guys take on training as someone I know has had an amazing career and then now continues to work on himself, how you guys feel about training.
1: Good. Uh, um, my outlook on training is very similar to yours, like training for life. I also think that training has become a, an expression of myself. Like I came up very similar to you with strength training for football and we were very, linear like bench press deadlift squat and i pulled my hamstrings seven times my senior, seven times seven times my senior year of football because i was so tight in my hips from being in this linear plane of motion at all times and that's how we would function is is just squat and deadlift and bench and just do, do those things over and over and over again and it wore and tore on my body and i had to spend like the next two years really focusing on my mobility focusing on strength and different ranges of motion i learned a lot about uh kin stretch which has been actually i mentioned it to Mm -hmm. you the other day day, um which has been hugely beneficial for me in creating this new ranges of motion and i've kind of taken all those things like yes what i did for strength and conditioning for football was was super beneficial. And I learned a lot, and then I learned more about mobility. I learned more about kin stretch, and then started swinging a lot mm. of maces with you um, and doing kettlebells and and that's what I'm focusing on more now, is kettlebells and maces and becoming really strong with those things is because I get to move in different ways and it's actually been kind of cool because through through breathwork and plant medicine. Um, I've gotten really in tune with Reiki and energy mm. healing and moving energy with my hands. So now I'm doing very similar things when I swing a mace in a different way, when I move a kettlebell in a different way. And I'm gaining that strength and being an expression of myself in these different ranges of motion. And it allows me to to train for life so that if I have to move a certain way or, or lift something up or carry a kid on my shoulder, I can do all those things. And um, yeah, it, it's just, it's been a big part on my healing journey as well to mm. be strong and have that strength and, and be able to pick something up and, and put it down in these different ways. Um, it's been huge for, yeah, just the, the expression of myself. Yeah, And it also feels good to be, it's a totally different type of strength when you're focusing on squatting and deadlifting and benching as it is to being able to do those things and be strong but you gain a whole different strength when you're picking up a kettlebell and moving it in all these different ways when yeah. you're picking up a mace and moving it in all these different ways like it, you guys might be able to relate to it it's a completely different strength yes. yeah i agree like i can plant on my leg and it feels good or i can even just standing right now like i can Denon, or who's in the room as well, I was always like, "You you move so much," and it's like, "Yeah, because I feel good and I can right. move all these different yeah. ways." Um, so that's yeah, that's that's kind of the progression of where I've gone to is is training for life and also just expressing myself through these different movements.
0: Can I add something really quick? Yeah, good. So there's a great story also about meditation and mindfulness. So and you guys probably saw it on Instagram. My wife, Dela, had what what we learned was acute urinary retention. And so basically, my wife couldn't pee. And I got off of a call with our team. And she was crying. And she was like, I can't pee. It's been hours. Like, I think we need to go to urgent care. So I'm breaking speed limit records just to get us there. We get there. And there's one nurse, he's a he's a dude. And he's like, Hey, sorry, there's no women here. Like, do you mind if I and deals? Like, yo, I don't give a fuck, bro. Like, put a catheter and let's go. And like the jokes write themselves but he was gloved up and it was like he was like a 15 year old in the basement like trying to figure out a vagina oh man and he kind of messed up at one point and Dela being a labor and delivery nurse was like hey and she never tells people this this first time i heard she was like hey, i'm a level with you i'm a labor and delivery nurse you're gonna have to get a new kit like that's not sanitary anymore because like basically he hit her clit mm. and so he was like oh i'm sorry and so he and the nurse leave and at that moment i knew like oh Dela's in charge i'm number two right and she's, she points aside and she's like, get me a small glove and they have the gloves. So I'm like, grab her gloves, throw that. And she's like, I need to see what I'm doing. And so I'm have this tablet that I'm trying to fill out her insurance stuff. I go to the home screen, there's no photo, there's no camera. So I throw that, I'm looking around, there's, you know, I'm thinking there's like a bedpan or something. Yeah, like and a so of mirror. I, Right, and so I grab my yeah. phone and I turn it on the other way and I'm putting it like in front of her vagina and she's going down with the glove to like get it set. And then the nurses come back in and she's like, yo, I got it, like glove the fuck up, let's go, right? And so finally they get the catheter in and Dale is like, can you hold my hand because it's uncomfortable. Right. <sighs> and there's a nurse like right here on, in front of me and there's a sofa and I just hop over the sofa to get around them to hold on to my wife's hand. And like, thankfully, everything worked out for anyone who's in, who's in healthcare, She had twenty four hundred cc's of urine, which is ridiculous. And thankfully, everything was OK. Wow. I made a reel on this because it's so much of what we work on, because I think people incorrectly think with training specifically it's going to be some avengers level threat you know they're going to be next to tom cruise mission apostle it's like no it's the real world shit that you find yourselves in and i i honestly believe if it wasn't for meditation i can't hold the phone there with the camera and block everything out and just like what does daily need right now in a very uncomfortable situation and then trust that i can jump over the sofa and get around and not even think about it yeah, yeah right yeah. and like those are those moments that we need for our loved ones for our family for our friends where it's like you don't even need to think about it yeah and then you're over there and you're like oh man it's not like it was this olympic hurdle but like oh i sort of swim move past this nurse yeah, and jump over. Yeah, yeah exactly the so i think that's the
3: point yeah that's beautiful i uh i made the transition kind of like pretty much similar to you you know bodybuilding is very linear same type of training almost in many ways um and so i started getting injured as well for like the first time and then i realized like something's got to change i got to start training like an athlete again so uh yeah the maces the kettlebells and stuff like that uh, unilateral movements have been a game changer and like you said like having this strength in, in different areas you become a silverback like slinging 80-pound kettlebells, slinging 150-pound kettlebells, it's wild. And the, the body responds so well. It's been a lot of fun. And it's highly meditative. Like you do have to be very present, very mindful when you're wielding weights, when you're flipping weights. Uh, it's it's some of the most fun I've had with training. And, and I love the where my physique is also going with it. So it's been a lot of fun, this transition. And I I just see myself only improving on it. So, yeah, and like linking up with people who do this who could teach us more and more about it um yeah so yeah my training has done quite a bit of change but all for the still look great yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's been funny i've even gotten back into running and stuff like that and it's been a lot of fun like getting back to the roots i think of like how we used to train almost as kids in some ways without it like wasn't it about, wasn't training yeah it was like training. playing it's
0: playing yeah and it's playing also everything. we were talking about how this has sort of been in my opinion this natural progression for you justin yeah. as an individual you used to do this stuff at the beach yeah. you used to do those beach workouts yeah. so the like the functional fitness stuff isn't really new to you yeah it's, true. it's just now this has shifted more in that direction priority yeah that's funny that you said that i even forgot that i dude all the i mean it's great right because life makes sense in hindsight but like podcast, the functional fitness, the breath work, the meditation,
3: like those were all part of who you were when I knew you 15 years ago. Yeah, I just didn't have names for it. <laughs> I didn't know I was doing those things. It's, it's funny when I do watch some old videos and I even hear my I would say uh, uh, unconscious self-talk. I was like, "Oh I was, I was on point there. I was actually saying some some woke- ass shit, I'm like, this is cool. I'm like, I had no idea I was even in that realm. So yeah, I appreciate that very much. Um, Where can people find you? Yeah, great question. Before going into that, I just want to shout you guys out. Like, First
0: off, thank you for having me on. This is a ton of fun for me. It's great to see you both. Anybody listening, these two are the real deal. They're as authentic as fuck. Mm. I would encourage you, if you found this podcast through somewhere, thank
3: that person first,
0: and then go follow Jake (laughs) and Justin. They have a lot to offer.
3: I appreciate you, brother.
0: Yeah, man. I I mean mean it. Um, So for me, you can find me at Fitness Shaman on Instagram. There are three S's in the middle of that, Fitness Shaman. That's the ba- that's the main way to connect with me. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more about what my wife and I do, that's at DLD Nation. My wife's Instagram is Dayla Loves Dumbbells, nickname of DLD. That's where DLD Nation came from. Nice. We're also DLDNation.com. Also, I guess, Shasta Dome Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Shasta Dome Podcast. We'll put that awesome all out there for everybody yeah. to see. The book, right up, yeah. mm-hmm. whatever yeah. the next thing is.
3: I love yeah. it. Well, thanks for being uh, our first fucking guest. Like, yeah. We could really couldn't think of anybody better. Like, right away, I was already like, I know. Like, and he'll like gently bring us into this that's nice. yeah so i was really
2: pumped to have you on so thank you yeah thank you guys Yeah. thanks for coming on thank you for listening to today's episode if you enjoyed today's show please share it with a friend drop the podcast a five-star rating and be sure to subscribe to never miss an episode we'll see you next time